chill out, what you yelling for? Lay back, it's all been done before. And if you could only let it be, you would see. I like you the way you are when we're driving in your car and you're talking to me one on one, but you become somebody else around everyone else. You're watching your back like you can't relax. You're trying to be cool. You look like a fool to me. Tell me why do you have to go and make things so complicated? I see the way you're acting like somebody else gets me frustrated. Life's like this. You fall and you crawl and you break and you take what you get and you turn it into. Honestly, you promise me I'm never gonna find you fake it. No, no, no. Hi guys, how are you doing? This is Merk Lasso bringing the Justin Nobody podcast episode to you and I'm really excited because it's been a while and this is not just a while, it's been a long, long time since I've really hooked up and recorded an episode and I have no excuses, it's all my fault, it's something that I just couldn't keep up with, the time, whatever. I think it's almost a month and a little more, uh, more than a month I believe. Uh, and this is supposed to be a bi-monthly, two times a month kind of episode, uh, uh, a podcast is what I'm talking about. Anyways, hope you're all doing well to all folks who are celebrating Thanksgiving Day today. A very happy Thanksgiving filled with joy and gratitude. That's all that we need, right? I mean, um, there's so many people... Uh, uh, in our journey of life, you know, uh, that are have been so helpful during this journey. And it is important to uh, be grateful and thankful to what they've done. So um, happy Thanksgiving Day to everybody celebrating. Um, and uh, let's go on with uh, this episode. I'm really excited. You know, I'm like, hey, man, I'm a little nervous as well, because, you know, it's been a while since I'm hooked up uh, to this, uh, to this microphone and to my, uh, to this entire uh, podcast setting. I hope I really, uh, do well because, you know, when you're recording a podcast, you really need to prepare. It's something that you just can't, uh, go blabbering. You know, you need to know what you're going to talk about. So it's always, you know, kind of, uh, you know, you have those, uh, uh, not nervous exactly, but you feel like, Hey man, I hope I do a good job kind of thing. It's, I don't know whether it's me or whether it's everybody, but that's the feeling right now. Uh, but there's nothing to lose, you know. This is a podcast where I make no money from. So it's absolutely okay if I'm kind of just blabbering it out. As long as, you know, I, 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 I've, been, I've been tracking my listeners, you know. I've, I've been tracking you. I've been tracking in the sense, seeing who's kind of oh, listening and stuff like that. And I'm really grateful for all of you to really kind of tune in to these episodes. Like I see you really hitting and playing these, uh, playing my episodes, which is so, so feel good kind of thing. You know, if uh, I would never really do these, uh, these episodes or these, this podcast, if there was no listeners and I can see folks from all over the world actually tuning in, which is like, Hey man, thanks a lot. That's all that I can say. Anyways, let's go uh, straight to uh, what I want to really talk about. 
There was a lot happening about the G20, the COP26 and climate action uh, series where you had, you know, so many of these leaders from all across the world. I think the G20 had 20 leaders from around the world. Uh, and then the COP26 and climate action uh, uh, hashtags that were floating around uh, with COP26. I think leaders from all over the world actually uh, uh, went, uh, got together to discuss uh, about the climate action so that, you know, uh, to take action against, um, to fix the planet is what they call it. Hey, man, let's get together to fix the planet. Like leaders, like human beings, like you and me, got together and they thought, let's get together and fix the planet. All I want to tell those folks is, who are we to fix this huge planet? The planet will fix us before we even know it, you know. We exist because of the planet. And who are we to kind of fix it, you know. Uh, it's just arrogant, I believe. It's just arrogance to say that we, we'll fix the planet. All we need to do as human beings is not go around fixing the planet because the planet can fix us, actually, literally. You know, literally can fix us. So we can't fix the planet. All we have to do is just behave ourselves, like be nice, be kind to it, be uh, uh, follow the rules and regulations that it is that the planet has told us what to do and what not to do. Because if we don't follow its rules and regulations, it's going to fix us. So hey, all you leaders out there, you know, who went out to got together. Uh, uh, to fix the planet, you can't do it. You're never going to fix the planet. And that's what you all did, you know. All these leaders, what, what what is the most surprising thing is these leaders who went to, I think it was in Rome, the G20 summit happened in Rome somewhere, sometime in October 30, 31st. They all went to these summits and then the climate, the, G, the COP26 summit that happened, they went in their private jets. So they, they hopped into their private jets so you have 20 leaders or you have 50 leaders who really hopped into their private jets and got to the place where they all kind of convened or they had a summit. So if each one really takes their own private jet and then they reach there and they, they talk about climate action, like what climate action are you really talking about? You know, you are kind of burning so much of fuel to go there. You're, you're leaving so much of carbon footprints when you get to that summit, that, hey, man, what, what are you doing, you know? Uh, it's, just, uh, it's just bullshit, basically, because you're leaving so much of carbon footprints. I don't know whether these leaders have ever heard about ride-sharing. We do it, right? The middle class, the people, the common man, the common person. We do a lot of ride-sharing. We share a, we share a cab, if we need to, we'll write someone home if we need to. Why didn't the leaders really think about it? You know, why fly using their private jets? How about ride sharing one jet, one airplane and stopping by different locations, collecting these leaders and then going to maybe Rome or wherever they're convening? How about that? How about ride sharing? Have you heard about it? You know, and then all these all these folks who really talk about climate action. They own about two to three cars or four to five cars. They live in huge mansions, you know, for four people, for a family of four people. 
For a family of four people, you don't need two cars. If you have two cars, you're basically leaving a lot, lot of carbon footprints. You are responsible for carbon dioxide emissions. So stop talking about it, you know. That's all that I'm saying. Uh, but uh, but in all this, uh, I really liked um, uh, the UN, UN, the United Nations Development Organization. They came up with this. They came up with this great ad, and they called this ad "Don't Make Excuses." So that's the only thing I liked about this whole uh, this whole G20 COP26 climate action kind of uh, summit that was happening during those two weeks. Besides that, everything was just hypocrisy. You know, you can't just go to a summit talking about climate action and fly in your own jet. How about ride sharing? You know, if you're 20 leaders, if you're 50 leaders, use one airplane and then go to each location, pick up that one leader and then finally go to that summit. How about that? You know, but there's one thing that I really like. I love this ad, uh, you know, wherein uh, uh, um, a dinosaur uh, a man dressed in a dinosaur's costume. He talks to uh, he talks to people about you know how we. Uh, I think he was the best spokesperson. A dinosaur is the best spokesperson to talk about climate action. Why we need climate action? Because we all know that dinosaurs died because of an asteroid hitting Earth long, long billions and billions of years ago, and then they they were wiped out. So same way, if we don't do something about following the rules and regulations that the, that the planet has really set for us, it's going to fix us before we know it. Just like, it's going to fix us like how it fixed the dinosaurs, you know? So I just want to play this uh, this ad, and I'm sure you'll love it if you've not, if you've not watched it. It's about, uh, it's about two minutes long. So here it is, I'll just play it, and then uh, let's talk on the other side. Cool. Okay, so the person talking in this, uh, in this ad is dressed up in a dinosaur costume. So he's talking like a dinosaur. And it's a very good, uh, it's a very good message. Listen to it. Listen up, people. I know a thing or two about extinction. And let me tell you, and you'd kind of think this would be obvious, going extinct is a bad thing. And driving yourselves extinct... In 70 million years, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. At least we had an asteroid. What's your excuse? You're headed for a climate disaster, and yet every year governments spend hundreds of billions of public funds on fossil fuel subsidies. Imagine if we had spent hundreds of billions per year subsidizing giant meteors. That's what you're doing right now. Think of all the other things you could do with that money. Around the world, people are living in poverty. Don't you think helping them would make more sense than, I don't know, paying for the demise of your entire species? Let me be real for a second. You've got a huge opportunity right now. As you rebuild your economies and bounce back from this pandemic, this is humanity's big chance. So here's my wild idea. Don't choose extinction. Save your species before it's too late. Time for you humans to stop making excuses and start making changes. Thank you. I 
love that. I really love this ad. Um, it's uh, it's it's a brilliant uh, message. I think, and the best person who can really talk about this kind of messaging is a dinosaur, because dinosaurs have really gone ex- extinct because the planet actually fixed it and kept us a species. But you never really know when the planet will really get will get fed up by our species and replace us by somebody else. So. That's that's all that I want to say. But what the leaders really did, who went there and tried to make the change. Hey, man, you're flying in your own private jet. You own three to four cars. You you are a family of four people, four to five people, and you live in a mansion. You're utilizing all the resources. You're leaving the carbon footprints that you've left behind is much, much more than, you know, uh, than 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 uh, like about thousands of people together. So, hey, man, stop this hypocrisy. That's all that I want to say. Stop this hypocrisy. That's all that I want to say. Don't be a hypocrite. Do me right sharing. That's all that I'm saying. Okay, so, um, so basically... Okay, these, uh, the hashtag G20, hashtag COP26. Uh, they, basically, they were, pro- they were discussing pressing issues uh, that occurred, that, that basically arise from the COVID-19 crisis, such as climate change, disrupted global supply chains, disrupted international mobility. Um, uh, of course, expressing gratitude to healthcare workers and frontline workers who have really helped during the COVID-19 crisis. Um, uh, flood insecurity was another uh, part of the agenda. Gender equal uh, equality, expressing commitment to the uh, to the Paris Agreement goal to hold a global average temperature increase well below two, two degrees centigrade, and pursue efforts to limit it to at least by one point five degrees centigrade. Uh, so. Another very important point on the agenda of the G20 summit was equal access to education. And as we know, education is a human right. So make it free, guys. Um, make the education system inclusive, adaptable, and resilient. That was another part of the agenda. Overall focus of the G20 summit was people, planet, and prosperity. But when we talk about people, planet, and prosperity, you can't achieve people, planet, and prosperity if leaders who are supposed to uh, focus on people, planet, and prosperity, and put down policies on people, planet, and prosperity are going to fly to the place they're going to discuss about people, planet, and prosperity in their private jets. That's not going to happen. Hey, man, that's hypocrisy. Uh, so, so that's what, you know? So the first step they need to do is Look at the global map, like all these leaders, when they travel next time to talk about climate action or whether whatever meeting they really go to, they need to open up the global map. Look at which part of the world they come from and fly one plane to each of the locations of where each leaders live. Pick up that particular leader from that place, fly the plane again, hop to another location and that is what we call ride sharing. That is what we call saving carbon footprint. Got it? 
hope you got it. Ride sharing. Share that ride. Hey, man. And then COP26. I was like, what's COP now? C-O-P. And then I came, oh, yeah, it's okay. They call it the Conference of uh, Parties 26. First and foremost, change the name. The Conference of, of the Parties is makes no sense. Like, what the hell? Uh, the agenda of the COP26 was stabilizing the climate, that is, leaders from around the world, not 20, but more than that, um, accelerate, uh, make, taking actions on climate change and making, you know, a kind of uh, writing the goals, the basic goals that they really came out with towards the end of the COP26 was deep cuts in carbon emissions, expansion of renewable energy, modernization of transportation systems, and investments in equity for low-income countries and communities. Um, what I'm really very, um, I believe, among these four uh, points that they came out with, what I really believe is in modernization of the transportation system. Why? Because I believe if we all use public transportation as human beings, as leaders, or whoever you are in that pyramid, rich, poor, whatever, we all use the uh, the transportation system. Uh, it's going to be it's going to reduce carbon emissions so much that we'll really make progress with uh, with our goals. That's what I believe. And modernization of the transportation system is required so that there are more public uh, transportation. It's easy. It's easy. It's fast. It's easily available. People are not don't have to wait too much because. This whole concept of a family of four having two to three cars is something that needs to stop. Like, it's, it's bullshit. It's hypocrisy. None of these people should talk about climate action. Because if they talk, they're hypocrites, you know? You can't live in a mansion. of A family of four cannot live in a huge mansion of two two to three flows and then talk about climate action. No, you don't need that mansion. Hey, man, you don't need. There are people homeless out there. A family of four does not need two cars. You need one car. Maybe you need one car. But we can we can kind of stop all this if we modernize the transportation system because uh, it's definitely going to reduce carbon emissions to a lot and that's what I really believe in. Among all the um, among all the actions that they have listed down, like as deep cuts in carbon emissions, expansion of renewable energy, modernization of transportation systems, investment in equity for low-income countries and communities, I believe modernization of transportation system is like fifty percent can solve fifty percent of the problems. And especially leaders, hey man, you put this agenda down. Don't take private jets next time because I'm going to yell from the rooftop if that happens. You can't speak about climate action if you kind of uh, roam around the world in your private jets. Ride sharing. That's important. From low Rome for the G20 and to Glasgow for the COP26, which is a conference of the parties. Change that name. Change the name of COP26. It makes no sense. Conference of the parties? What the hell? Um, so that's what, you know, that's what we need to do. And I hope you're going to do it quickly. 
And another very important thing, you know, when we talk about climate change, first and foremost, modernization of the transportation system is the topmost in my agenda for the world. I mean, it's so important. We all use public transportation because it's going to really reduce carbon emissions. Uh, even leaders, even rich people, whoever you are. Second, very important thing, calculate the way we calculate carbon emissions is so wrong today. Today, most of the carbon emissions calculation is based on how much a particular country produces. Like if it produces goods with carbon dioxide em emitted in it, whatever is produced in that country, that is that is what is allocated to the country. For example, let me give give me an example. For example, Chinese exports exports of carbon dioxide emission products to the U.S. is 23%. So whatever it produces, uh, whatever is produced, carbon dioxide emission products that are produced in China, 23% is actually exported to the U.S. 10.8% is exported to from China to Hong Kong. 9% is exported from China to Japan. But still, we finally put it down on paper that China is producing the maximum carbon dioxide embedded products, which is so wrong. The proper calculation would be, uh, say for instance, we're talking about China. So carbon dioxide emissions is equal to produce goods with carbon dioxide embedded in them minus the goods that are locally produced but were exported. So you've got whatever's exported has to be minused from the produced goods with carbon dioxide emissions, and that is the right calculation. So, so in case of, um, uh, so let's say for instance, uh, U.S. Uh, imports seven point seven percent of carbon dioxide emission products. So its net carbon dioxide should be what it produces, that is, uh, the produced goods with carbon dioxide emitted minus the goods that were locally produced in the US but were exported plus 7.7% of carbon dioxide produced goods that were imported from another country say for instance China that has to be added to the United States quota so which is so important you know if now for instance China it exports 14% of its net produce goods with carbon dioxide emitted 14% is exported so when you calculation calculating how much china makes how much carbon carbon dioxide china emits it's supposed to be the produced goods with carbon dioxide emitted embedded in it minus 14% of its net uh, products that were exported right so whatever a particular country exported has to be minused from its total produce goods with carbon dioxide emissions from its total carbon dioxide emissions. A country that is exporting goods to another country is not responsible for carbon dioxide emissions. It's the country that is consuming it to where the, the products are exported that needs to take the responsibility, the accountability. So two very important things from this COP26, G20 and climate action. One, modernization of the transportation uh, transportation systems all around the world so that people use more public transportation. And second, change the calculation of carbon dioxide emissions in, uh, by a country.
if a country is exporting what the carbon dioxide emitted products, then it doesn't have to take responsibility for it. It's a country that is importing that has to take the responsibility for those carbon dioxide emission products. That's all that I want to say. That's all that I want to say. I love going to the mic. I love going so close to the mic to stress and emphasize. That's all that I want to say. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I uh, hope you're doing well. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, been such a long time and feels so good. Uh, it's 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 all over the place. You know, we're hearing um, Adele, Adele's new album, Thirty or something, that has come out. Like I like Adele. I like Adele with her songs or whatever. But the thing is, uh, what I really enjoy is when you know you have uh, performers and good singers. Of course, I love Adele. She's a great singer. That there's no doubt about it. But you know, people like Britney Spears and Taylor Swift and the rap albums, etc., and Nicki Minaj and stuff like that. They're performers, basically. You know, you can see them performing on a song. And that's what pops, pop songs are all about. But I love Adele, you know. Uh, I got to listen to her album. Hope to do it very soon. But of course, who can who who can forget about her? Hello from the other side. I must have called a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry. For everything I've done, but when I call you, you never seem to be home. Hello from the outside. At least I can say I have tried, which is great. I mean, she's a great singer, no doubt about it. Adele is great. Uh, but I think she sacrifices too much, you know. Her lyrics are like, oh my God, I'm doing this, I'm trying, I'm making it, I want to make it happen, I want us to get together. There's a lot of, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying, you know. Unlike Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift's like, fuck off, you know. I like that, I like that, I like that, uh, that way of taking things. Like, heck go get lost you know but everyone has a different personality Adele is like hey man I'm trying you know I'm outside the house I called you so many times but they're not taking the call she's trying to make relationships work but Taylor Swift when she sings is like hey man get lost you know talking about Taylor Swift the best thing that happened uh, about I love that girl why because she's She's got the gumption. She's got guts. And that's what I like about uh, Taylor Swift. Especially with her new album, Red. Uh, the Taylor's version, to be very clear. The Taylor's version is what I really like. Now, just look at the guts of Taylor Swift, you know. You have this 10 years back. I think we talked about it, but let me just repeat because... Um, this thing has happened you know it was when i when i talked about it it was in the making or something 10 years back this music company owned her album because she was a newcomer she was making it in the industry she sang songs that she didn't own it was owned by um, the music company that uh 
chose to kind of record a song and put it out in the market which is fine so she recorded those songs the album was a big hit and then taylor swift became a big name but i think uh, uh 5 years or 6 years down the line she told the music company that i'll pay you you know but i want to own my own music because she couldn't use her music wherever she went she had to t- ask for permission but she wanted to own it to which the music company said we're not selling it it's going to be our albums it's going to be our music we're not going to give it to you so what this girl did that's why I love Dove Taylor Swift she's not going to she's not going to cry saying hey please give me you know i need it or beg and i'm outside you know please take my call i'm trying and no she's not doing that this girl what she does is in a few years she records that entire album and those entire albums that the music company was not giving it to her she re-records the entire thing she puts it out and she calls it red the same album name and she makes it a taylor's version the best thing the gumsham and that's why i love taylor swift you know so she re-records it and now people are saying hey man we're not going to we're not going to listen to the song that was first by that is owned the old song that is owned by the music company we're going to listen to the taylor's versions taylor's taylor's uh, taylor swift's uh, this which is so good and that's why i love i love taylor because the way she uh, you know the revenge the, the way she takes revenge is like smooth revenge she she didn't hurt anyone she's not uh you know she just won the music company that hey man i want to own my m- music you either it's my songs i sang it so you either give it to me or i'll re-record and those comp- and the music company didn't really believe that she would do such a thing but she did it and the best thing is like hey man now she has those old those albums that she now owns and that is some smooth revenge that's how you need to take revenge i believe and that's what i learned from her another exciting thing in the music world is uh, britney spears um, is finally free from her conservatorship which is so cool you know another girl i was really supporting uh after 13 years of her conservatorship now she's she's free she's free britney she's freed britney uh the best part about britney spears is uh, the free britney movement was had had was started by her fans it was it was because of her fans 100% that britney spears is free today like they stood by her for so many years they kind of uh, kept posting and they kind of uh, decoded her cryptic messages on instagram for example she kept talking about on instagram i follow on instagram she kept posting um you know pictures of a rose in her messaging and you know her fans really wanted to kind of decode like why is she posting roses to which red roses to which project rose was something that she wanted to convey to her fans and why project rose because her lawyer who fought her attorney who really fought for her and gave a victory and she's out of the conservatorship conservatorship his name is rosengard rosengard so rose rosengard and that was that was something that is why she kept posting roses in her instagram messaging and that is so beautiful i think it's something that uh, her f- 
and she has admitted that she said 100%. It's a free Britney moment that really helped her uh, really get free. And I'm so for it, like literally. I mean, I think it's the best thing that happened uh, in the entertainment entertainment industry because 13 years into a conservatorship, it's like crazy. Besides that, uh, I believe many people are really talking about the conservatorship law. And I think, you know, is it required? Does it need to be abolished? Does it need to be tweaked or revised, re-looked at? So it's not only, she, it's a free Britney movement, but it's a movement to really re-look into the conservatorship law, which is so great. And, uh, uh, but I'm happy. Hit me, baby, one more time. My loneliness is killing me. And now I must confess, I still believe, still believe I'm not with you. I lose my mind. Give me a sign. Hit me, baby, one more time. So happy for her, man. I really love Britney. Really love Britney. Oops, I did it again. I played with your heart, got lost in the game. Ooh, baby, baby, oops, you think I'm in love, that I'm sent from above. Let's listen to this, I love Britney, man, and I'm so happy for her, really. I love that, man. I love what happened to her. It's so good. Anyways, uh, talk, since we're talking about the uh, the entertainment industry and what's happening there, I hope you watch the Squid Game if you haven't watched it. Season 1. I think there's only Season 1 of the Squid Game. It's one of the best things that, hap- that has happened. Why? Because it's uh, it is a South Korean drama played by South Korean actors in the Korean language shot in South Korea playing on on an American uh, Netflix company, uh, on Netflix, which is owned by an American company. Um, And uh, the entire series is something that I would have never watched because it's in Korean, Korean actors, Korean drama, language barrier. I would never watch it. But hey, man, this is what globalization is all about. And I totally support globalization because this one Netflix uh, Squid Game on Netflix season one. Actually, Netflix, an American company, made about nine hundred million dollars out of Squid Game, which is a complete Korean drama. So that is what globalization is all about. It's like you can make anything anywhere in the world, and the content is good. It's entertain entertaining. It's gonna sell. It's gonna make money. So I love how North Korea 
uh, helped an American company. Uh, not not okay. I, I love how South Korea helped an American company make about nine hundred million dollars out of one season of Squid Game, and that's what I love about content, digital content, international content, and globalization. I think it's here to stay. So anybody who tells you, you know, hey, globalization is not working, you know, we need to put borders, we need to put uh, walls, uh, we need to isolate ourselves from the world. And if one particular nation is talking like that, it's over for them. Because that's not how the world really works today. So anyways, coming back to Squid Games, I was like, you know, initially, I was like, I'm not going to watch this because I hate reading subtitles. Apart from that language barrier, I'm not going to watch it. But there were so many memes out there in the digital world. Uh, and memes are life. I can't do without memes. Like, I I couldn't understand them. You know, there were so, so many memes on Squid Games. I couldn't really understand it because I have not watched this, uh, the series. That's one thing. And then so many people talking about it. And I was like, hey, man, I got to watch Squid Game now. Squid Game now. Because I can't really get these memes and I can't get what people are really talking about uh and I watched it and I fucking loved it you know it's the squid game is one of the best series and I totally recommend it and I was shell-shocked that someone like me who hates reading subtitles has not really watched content that is not in English or not in Hindi because I understand Hindi or not in Marathi because I understand Marathi or not in Konkani because I understand Konkani. I speak, I can understand four languages, but I don't speak Korean, you know, so I feel out of place, that barrier, but I watched it and I loved it and I'm going to watch more Korean stuff now. Um, um, and uh, Squid Game, uh, it's not only, uh, I would recommend it for kids, although it's very bloody, a lot of gunshots, a lot of violence, but uh, it talks about inequality, it talks about discrimination, there's a lot of immigration talk as well, betrayal uh, at a very young age, Uh so it talks about a lot about a lot of lot social social issues that tackle in Squid Game, and I would recommend it for kids as well. Um, those games that they play, red light, green light, tug of war, etc. Of course, it all ends up with gunshots and you get killed, but it's a learning lesson, you know. Don't don't really believe everybody you meet. You know, you need to be careful. There's a lot of betrayal in real life, discrimination, inequality. It touches immigration. There's there's a there's a uh, there's an actor who's from another country in Korea and the things that he faces you know being an outsider as an immigrant in in South Korea is something that is talked about. Uh, so I loved I love Squid Game and I really recommend uh, if you get an opportunity please watch it. Show it to your kids. I think they'll definitely. Uh, learn a lot who squid games sh who should not watch squid games are basically the rich because the extremely rich people they don't uh they make it their themes you know parties they have these parties and they have themes of people dressed up as these uh players you know so they don't really understand why what what's the messaging of squid games you know the rich people and then of course uh, dictators like uh, like we all know what uh, North Korea has done. I think a man was caught with a CD of the Squid Game movie, the C the series, 
and i think he's going to be uh he's going to be dead very soon in north korea because he got hold of this squid game series so dictators and the rich super rich people shouldn't watch super rich is because you know they make it their party themes and it doesn't make sense but if you are a common person and if your kids please watch squid games because it really talks about really important social issues um and what i really enjoyed is how foreign content is here to stay if you're in, if you're compelling and entertaining no matter what you make your the content out of you know it's going to sell so that's that's the brilliance of the digital world and i love the the digital world digital content creators basically because uh they really uh, you know they make stuff that uh, is globally accepted all you have to be is just uh, entertaining you know you don't need to be good in english or make content in english because the world speaks in uh, the world that's the that's the universal language you know you don't need to anymore that's what i really love how squid Con- uh, squid game has really changed things around us hello from the other side i must have said a thousand times to tell you i'm sorry for breaking your heart if i had to rewrite the lyrics you know i would like hello from the other side i must have never called a thousand times to tell you i'm never going to be sorry for everything that i've done but I, when i call you i'm happy and you never seem to be home hello from the outside i at least can say that i've never tried to tell you that i'm never sorry for the things that i've done this is how i'm going to kind of rewrite this entire lyrics you know if i had to basically oh, basically oh, basically that's what i would do <laughs> that's what i would do basically 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 uh, yeah since we're talking about uh, let me just kind of play this as well you know iceland was uh, there was this uh, Wait, let me this is funny uh so since we are talking about we were talking about climate change uh we're talking about climate change and the digital content um uh it just reminds me about metaverse it was making big news wherein mark zuckerberg's facebook ceo and president not facebook meta he calls himself meta now <laughs> okay so meta is a president and ceo and owner and proprietor uh he comes up with this whole universe new universe called the metaverse which is a virtual world that with augmented reality and virtual reality and video to allow users of the metaverse to interact digitally so now uh mark zuckerberg the guy who owns facebook sorry meta 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 he wants to use augmented reality virtual reality and video to help all of us the common people interact with each other in the digital world with um with digital images so we are not going to really be there 
is just going to be a digi digital image of ourselves. So what is augmented reality? Augmented reality is when we overlay digital images onto the real world. Say, for instance, you know, I'm kind of sitting at home. And I say, I call on, I call one of my friends via video chat. And I say, hey, man, you know, I got new furniture. Okay, I'm lying. I'm purely lying. I don't, I have not bought new furniture from Ikea or whichever these stores are. Uh, and I say, I've got new furniture. Do you want to check them out? I've actually not bought new furniture. But what I can do is I can overlay my house with furniture from Ikea by using this augmented reality and virtual reality and make my home a metaverse and then bring uh, overlay overlay digital images onto so onto the onto the setting in the metaverse so bring ikea furniture digitally into my house space and make it look like i brought ikea furniture and i'll tell hey man can you see them this is this is what i uh, i bought recently so it's basically fake worse you know uh, and virtual reality is, of course, creating a fake world in front of you without knowing what's happening in reality. So my friends will say, hey, man, nice furniture. But actually, there's no furniture in the real verse. In the metaverse, my friends can actually see new IKEA furniture. But in the real verse, there's no furniture there. So that's what the metaverse is all about. Using, you see, using the metaverse for educating education or you know medicinal experiments etc research is good but what facebook or what meta wants to do is is connect people with that technology and that is what is insane i think connecting people i see i love uh mark zuckerberg with what he did with social media i think what mark Zuckerberg did with social media something that is very very commendable he actually uh, opened up the, so the so social media platforms opened up opportunities for independent creators for people you know are getting more creative these days it's exposing racism exploitation uh, like we we know George Floyd's entire incident was was caught on camera uh, and because of that we had evidence to really uh, bring the guilty and give him justice. Uh, it's social media which has, you know, made the world more globalized. It has introduced us to global cultures. Like, for instance, I was just talking about Squid Games, like Korean pop and music and TV series, etc. I'm interested because I think it's because of social media. So we, we got to appreciate Mark Zuckerberg. You know, he started really small. He wanted to connect people in his university, wherever he was studying, and then it became so big. And it's it, social media is something that we require. It's, it's, it's needed. But metaverse is another ball game altogether. It's fake worse, basically, you know. It's basically overlaying digital images onto the real world where nothing exists, you know? Uh, and that's why I think metaverse needs to be governed and it has to be governed and uh, uh, controlled. Otherwise, we'll all be living in a matrix. You know, all the movies that we've watched, like The Matrix, Black Mirror, it's all going to be a reality very soon if we allow people like this to just create, you know, a fake verse and make us live there. So I believe that privacy laws should not remain in the hands of proprietary hands, especially if Metaverse really kicks off. I hope we don't allow it to happen, but I think it's going to really 
come out. So the rules and regulations governing of these tools of the metaverse should lie in the hands of the government or uh, it should not be in the hands of proprietors because then it can, well, the next thing that will happen is, you know, these these companies, they'll say, hey, we want to, uh, the metaverse is really doing well. Uh, the fake verse is what I call it. Next, they'll say that they want to connect our brains to a computer like the episodes in the Black Mirror, you know, where a mother, a very concerned mother, she can, she puts a chip in her daughter's brain so that she can keep track of her child, uh, which is connect, you know, via her laptop. It seemed good at the beginning, you know. Whenever a daughter was lost, she was able to find find her, which all seemed really good at the beginning. But then as the daughter, her daughter grew, it was invasion of her privacy. You know, her mother kept track of her, the people she dated um, and everything. So what it all ended in, her daughter actually killed the mother because she was too intrusive. She was just checking on her all the time. And that's what... That's what metaverse and, you know, anything, anything new like this, which is so fake, is we are all going to end up killing each other. And uh, uh, we'll never be able to trust each other because, you know, we're all going to live in this metaverse or fake verse. Uh, and, you know, I hope, you know, many things that one never thought would happen is now really happening. Like metaverse was something that was a matrix and now they're making it a reality. Black Mirror episodes will soon become a reality because uh, these tools are basically, metaverse is basically poking computer-generated fingers at computer-generated buttons to converse with computer-generated workmates in a parallel universe. So there's no reality. The buttons that we are pushing is computer generated. The people we are talking to are images of the people we are talking to. And the place that we are talking into is again a metaverse. It's a parallel universe. Nothing real. So it's like um uh like I'm uh I don't design software and hardware, but I'm an avid technology user. I use technology almost every day. I don't code, but I use technology a lot. I use software a lot. And from what I see about the metaverse is it's a red light in the squid game. We have to stop it from sending uh, before it really hypnotizes us and we become addicted, like digital heroin, you know? That's what's going to happen because it has to end. We just fantasize and then we get addicted. It's going to be digital heroin and then we all get sucked into it. Um, and that's what I feel we need to stop. And, and, uh, what, say, so, okay, I, we can say a lot of things, but what I really love about how some uh, Iceland, you know, there was an ad by Iceland tourism who responded to, uh, Mark Zuckerberg's, uh, metaverse brilliantly, simply, but it's so brilliant. I just play this and then we talk about it after that, after, after this video. So I, this is, uh, this is an ad by Iceland tourism they're basically promoting tourism in iceland and it was basically uh it seemed like a dig of metaverse let's listen to it and then we'll be on the other i'll be on the other side here we go very natural setting today i want to talk about a revolutionary approach on how to connect our world 
without being super weird. Some said it's not possible. Some said it's out of reach. To them, we say it's already here. Seriously, look, it's right here. And what do we call this not-so-new chapter in human connectivity? The Iceland Wars. Enhanced actual reality without silly-looking headsets. Okay, before I really uh, play this on, now this guy who is in this ad, okay, he's dressed up like Mark Zuckerberg. He looks like Mark Zuckerberg, so it's a dig on Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. And... Uh, uh, so he's basically, you know, it's a dig at Mark Zuckerberg and Meta, the company, and uh, they're Metaverse. So it's brilliant. I really love it. In our open world experience, everything is real. And has been for millions of years. It's completely immersive. With water... It's wet. With humans to connect with. You're human, right? Isn't she funny? <laughs> In the Iceland wars, there's real moss. You can uh, look at. But please don't touch. It's, it's very delicate. Skies you can see with your eyeballs. Volcanic rocks you can caress. Really big geysers you can observe from a safe distance. Birds you can watch. They're really cute, but a bit stupid. Waterfalls you can stand near, like this one, that one, this one, that one, and even this one. Horses you can ride, with hair you can touch. The Iceland Wars is a world with possibilities so endless, they'll be here forever. So join us today, or tomorrow, or whenever. We are really easygoing. Now, please enjoy our logo. Oh, I love Iceland Wars, and I can't wait to go to Iceland Wars because I love this ad. Water, you can actually touch. Moss, you can actually see, you know. Uh, and then you can see volcanic rocks that you can hold and you can feel. And you can do all this without wearing those stupid-looking goggles. Wow, man. That's Iceland worse for us. And that was such a great dig at Metaverse. Because in the Metaverse, everything is so fake. You know? You look... Uh, the image is just an overlay. The place is a parallel universe. There's nothing real about it. But in Iceland worse, hey, man, you can actually... Uh, look at birds for real, chirping for real, you know. So I love this dig at uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his company Meta by Iceland. You know, pretty, pretty, pretty intelligent, really, must say that. Uh, so I, basically, from my perspective, I hope Metaverse doesn't really pick up. But today, you really can't say people are willing to wear those goggles and really experience um a parallel universe to really get away from their problems but ultimately you'll wear those goggles you can you can be the president of any country the prime minister of any country you can be rich you can be successful uh when you're wearing those goggles you know you can experience 
all the good things. You can be at the job that you want, the dream job, and you can be rich, whatever, multi-billionaire, multi-billionaire, trillionaire, whatever, when you're wearing those goggles. The minute you take off those goggles, you're still sad as fuck, man. So it's better, you know, we don't really get into that augmented reality don't get into the metaverse and I hope it doesn't really pick up but you can't really say because people are willing to experience uh, it's digital heroin you know people still taking drugs and uh, uh, having these addictions uh, there's a market for uh, for that and you know I don't know whether metaverse is going to pick up but I hope and pray that it isn't really uh, is not accepted by uh, the common people because it's basically a fake worse. And we can't live in a parallel universe leaving all the problems in the real world, you know? It's like digital heroin as an escape. It's like giving a homeless person a pair of goggles and making him imagine having a posh, luxurious home. It's like giving someone really hungry for days a pair of goggles and telling that person to see food in that parallel universe, in that metaverse. It's like giving someone really poor a set of goggles and making that person see themselves plurging money, buying stuff in that metaverse. But once the goggles are taken off, back to reality. It's sad. It's a sad reality. It's like, you know, I call it the old tab. When I first took up my job, I was like nearly a teenager, I believe. I got this job in a, in a, and a company set up, like a corporate company. And um, so this guy, you know, I was working in the in this team, like the digital team, and this guy was uh, basically a CAD operator, and he was, uh, he was a bit, basically a designer, a graphical designer, and he told me that, you know, when bosses, he gave me a trick. He told me that use Alt-Tab. I was a fresher, and he was like, use press Alt-Tab. These are the key, shortcut key, you know, to kind of to switch between applications on Windows, uh, without using the mouse so you know he's you always told me that if this if the boss is coming and you're working on something that is fun i had friends like these man so he told me like you know use alt tab and you can move between windows and so the metaverse is like an alt tab it's basically an alt tab so your your real world is something that you know say for instance you're on one window where you're playing solitaire cards so you press alt tab and then you go to your work window and you're faking it, basically. So metaverse is like all tab. Opening a window uh, uh, that is fake when actually you're doing something else behind. So it's basically alt tab. Try it on your on your keyboard. Press alt and tab. You can you can move between windows, you know. And I, I still remember that uh, first job, that guy there, you know, an experienced guy says, hey man, boss is coming. Alt tab to move to a window and fake it, you know. <laughs> that's fine. So that's that's what um, that's what I would say. Yeah, metaverse is like the alt tab of things. It's digital heroin. I hope we don't get addicted to it. That's all that I want to say. Um, and that's all that I had for this week. I believe uh, it was such a great. Uh, I mean, it feels so good to be back after such a long time, almost a month. And I think a month and more. It's not just a month. It's been a while since I've come back. But what a time, man. I love talking with, I love catching up with 
uh, everything and then you know and i really want to thank you guys so on thanksgiving day i want to really thank you for listening and tuning into my podcast um if you want to write to me you can write to me at just a nobody podcast at gmail.com that's my email address you can dm me on twitter if you wish to but but thank you so much because i'm really looking at my statistics you know of of people whether they're listening and i can see people from all over the world really tuning into the podcast and i really want to thank you so much uh for really doing it um i want to do the next episode as quickly as i can like my my target is two episodes per month i hope i can keep the deadline this time really i mean it's 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 like i don't know why i can't do it but i want to do it definitely i'll keep it up uh next time um so that's all that i had for this week uh until next time uh, guys but i want to leave you with a song as i always do so um so don't forget if you want to write to me just write to me at just a, just a nobody podcast at gmail.com or you can also dm me whatever uh until uh, in another two weeks i'll be there with my next episode but on them let's listen to the song before i uh, i'll be on the other side of the song yeah here we go Britney Spears why because she's out of the conservative issue she's freed Britney freed Britney That is just so typically me. Oh, uh, uh, oops, I did it again. That's all that I had for this week, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, baby. Bye, 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 bye. Oh, wow, 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 wow.